Welcome back. We're in Titus chapter 1, verse 4. Let's go. Titus chapter 1, verse 4. This is Paul writing a letter to Titus, and he says in verse 4, To Titus, a true son and our common faith. What do they have in common? Faith. If you have faith in Jesus Christ in common, then you have everything in common. Some people go to church and they say, well, you know, I left that church or I stopped going because the people were just different than me. Well, let me tell you what, because I've experienced a lot in my life. And there's certain things that you can have in common and you go with that group to do it. Maybe it's partying and you just find that group that's partying and you go out and do that and you're going to fall into that. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's Jesus. If you find a group that loves Jesus, you're going to find yourself doing things that glorify Jesus. So find people who love Jesus, congregate with them. And that's why God doesn't call us to be in solitude and to live out our faith on our own. Some people say, I just don't go to church. I do everything on my own. It's all private. No, God calls us to be in community. Now, there's a few people in the world who are called to be missionaries in parts of the world where there aren't other Christians. That's kind of an exception, right? But they're trying to build that community. They're not making an excuse saying, I'm just going to stay home. I'm going to do it all on my own. Just listen to podcasts. No, God calls us to be in community. So be in community. Also, find someone to mentor, to disciple, and find someone who can help mentor and disciple you. It's good to have someone who can help encourage you, motivate you, hold you accountable, edify you. And it's also great to find someone who you can help to mentor and lead and guide. Uh, And we can pray about those people in our lives. And then it goes on to say, Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So often in the Bible, you'll see grace and peace. And here we call them the Siamese twins. And here you're seeing grace, mercy, and peace. Generally, when you see grace and peace... We call them the the Siamese twins of the Bible because in order to experience the real peace of God, you got to appreciate and understand and have received the grace of God, right? Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God and not of works, lest anyone should boast. What does that mean? It means that you are saved by grace through faith, not by your deeds, not by your works, not by upholding certain laws of some man-made religion. It is understanding that God is graceful. And some easy way to understand these terms, grace I define as getting more reward than you deserve, right? You don't deserve heaven. I don't deserve heaven. God gives us that grace if we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We bowed to our master, to our creator, which is just rightful, right? If he created us, then we should want to seek to glorify Him, especially when we understand that we're sinners in desperate need of our Savior, and we don't get saved by deeds or doing things or paying or anything like that. He paid everything on the cross for us so that we could have an easy way to get into heaven. It's easy by kind of definition, but it's also hard because so many people just can't say, you know what? I don't want to be idolized. I don't want people to worship me. I've got to worship this this God, and I'm just not going to do that. But that's what you do. You say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Forgive my sins. And then the second word, mercy. Mercy, I define as less punishment than you deserve, right? If you go into a courtroom or something and the judge says, okay, you know, it says that you should be in prison for life or get the death penalty or something, but I'm going to have mercy on you and I'm only going to give you 20 years in prison and, and you're not going to go to the chair or something like that, right? That's a that's an example of mercy. And getting less 
punishment that we deserve. What do we deserve? We deserve hell. We deserve to be separated from God for all that we have done in our sins. And it only takes one sin to separate us from God. But I can look back at my life, and I have done so many things that are just awful, right? Am I a good person? No. Even Jesus said, there's no one good but God. I'm not a good person. But Jesus covers me with his blood, and he died on the cross for me. And so I get mercy. I don't have to spend eternity in hell. I don't get the punishment that I deserve. And so the grace is more reward than you deserve. Mercy is less punishment than you deserve. And peace, that, that true peace. We're not talking the hippie, you know, 60s and 70s peace, the kumbaya. It's not Buddhist meditation or yoga meditation or anything like that. It's the peace that transcends understanding. That doesn't come through Buddhist meditation. It doesn't come through... Uh, a chiropractic uh, or a massage or acupuncture or anything like that. They may, that may give you some momentary relief, some momentary feel good, tired, relief, stress, that type of stuff, a workout. But it's not that lasting piece. It's the piece that transcends understanding. It says, despite the circumstances that I have going on, I just I feel peaceful, right? It, there was this. Uh, it's a story going back years ago, but it was something like a. Someone was drawing a picture of peace, and, and they ended up drawing, I think it was a bird's nest underneath a waterfall. And it was like the birds had peace in the midst of all that chaos, all the waterfall flowing around them, but they had peace just sitting there chilling. And that's what we want. And, and the devil tries us to take it from us, right? We know that the enemy comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have life more abundantly. But so often we forget that we can wake up with the best intentions and that peace and then the day just hits us and it crowds us. And I know that because it happens to me from time to time. And I wish it didn't. But God gives us that peace that transcends understanding. It's when I surrender my circumstances and say, okay, God, help me stop trying to control the future and just trusting you. Let me put in the inputs because you call me to work hard. You call me to, to pray and to, to serve and to glorify you. But help me with the outputs, Lord. Help me not to focus on controlling the outputs. I can have goals in mind, but help me to have peace, not trying to control the future. Verse 5, For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So Titus went for, from Jerusalem to Corinth to Crete to present day, Bosnia, Yugoslavia, what are you willing to do to share the truth of God, right? He didn't just sit at home. He didn't just stay in his one little neighborhood. He traveled around in pursuit of learning and teaching, right? Are you willing to even take Jesus with you to work? That's a question. It's a big question, right? Are we willing to take Jesus out of our back pocket, out of our Bible app on our phone, out of the Bible that we look at in our bedside and maybe carry to church, are you willing to do that, or do we just want to keep Jesus stuffed in our pockets, stuffed in our iPhones, stuffed in the church on Sunday so that we don't tell other people about him? This is one of the biggest problems with American Christians today is so many people just don't talk about Jesus outside of the little circle, right? The little small group, the little church service, something like that. Um, and that's really, really not good, right? Jesus wants us to glorify him. He says, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples. Go and make disciples. We're not called to sit and just build ourselves up. We are called to go and make disciples. So how are we, how are we doing that? Uh, let's get a lot better than that. We can all 
do better than that. And it says that you should sentence order the things that are lacking. So it appears that Titus was church planning, uh, was not church planning, but church supporting and encouraging and leading. It appears that there were already some churches in this area, probably from Pentecost. Um, they, they left and planted churches, and now he's going to help build them up and encourage them and strengthen them and get them on the right doctrine and everything. And it says, and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. So elders are to be appointed, not voted on, right? Elders, this another word is presbyteros, and where we get the word Presbyterian, or bishop, right? This is not someone who uh, is the lead pastor of the church, but kind of like a board of directors, if you will, who, who essentially would kind of appoint, you know, a board of directors in a, in a corporation. Uh, essentially, you have the the shareholders appoint the board, and the and the board appoints the CEO in most circumstances. And you have the uh, these elders who uh, help the lead pastor and encourage and and do a lot of the stuff around the church. So I don't, you know, personally, I don't like seeing the word bishop used for a lead pastor because a bishop is really an an elder, um, which is a group. You know, el- an elder is a part of a group of elders who help lead the church. And verse 6, it says, If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. So this word blameless, it doesn't mean perfect because no one would qualify if that meant perfect. But one who is not a mockery of, uh, mockery of themselves, and not a person who people would scream, Oh, look at that hypocrite, over and over. And they're just doing stuff that is blatant. In, in blatant disregard of biblical concepts and glorifying Jesus. Um, you know, if, if you hear of a person who's an elder, they shouldn't be like, that person's an elder? I can't believe it. I was out getting drunk with them last night at a, you know, topless bar, whatever it is, right? You, you want that person to say, oh, that makes sense that they're an elder, right? We always invite them to happy hour and they say no or they come and they don't have any alcohol or, you know, this and that, whatever it is, but different right? Blameless. It's it's being held upright, not perfect. None of us is perfect. We're going to screw up. We're going to sin. We're going to have bad days and sad days. And at times, we're not going to have the peace that we want. At times, we're not going to give the grace and the mercy to others that we would want uh, and that we get from God, um, but of high integrity. And when they screw, this person screws up, they don't hide it or lie. They own it. They apologize, right? That's a wonderful quality, not only for an elder, but for all Christians, is to say, hey, when we screw up, let's own it. Let's own up to it and uh, apologize and ask forgiveness. And then tomorrow we will actually pick up with the kind of in the middle of verse 6 that that says the husband of one wife. So I hope you take away a good application for today. If anything, maybe it's just saying, hey, Paul and Titus were cruising around and telling people about Jesus. Am I? Or am I just telling people in my small group in my church we're having conversations about Jesus? But I'm not actually going out and helping disciple anyone outside of that, and I'm not telling anybody uh, outside of that. So uh, maybe that's a great application. Lord, help us to be wonderful students of yours, disciples, loving you and serving you, not keeping you to ourselves, not saying, oh, I've got this cool thing, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. Help us to be encouraged to go tell people. Give us the strength and the perseverance to tell people the desire, and give us the words to say, Lord. May, may your word not return void. 
May we go out, as you call us to go and make disciples, help us to do that well. In your amazing name, amen. This podcast brought to you in part by the Portfolio Protection Store, where smart investors go to protect their life savings from stock market losses. Visit our website to register for our webinar, theportfolioprotectionstore.com. The webinar is about portfolio protection and safe money ideas for ages 50 plus. Visit theportfolioprotectionstore.com. Located in Austin, Texas, license number 288-7886.